Let's take your Bibles, if you would, and find Romans chapter 10. We're going to be reading verses 14 through 21. Romans chapter 10 and verse 14. Scripture says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And as we've come and gathered together today, we know that the Lord does truly bring change. Whether you're on a mountaintop or in a valley or somewhere in between, which I guess that would probably be most of us somewhere along the way, that uh, we do know that Jesus changes things. Even if He doesn't change our circumstances or situations, He does not say He will change those things, but He does change our heart. He changes our motivation. He gives purpose to whatever's happening so that they might make a difference in our lives as well as others. going to be reading a little bit about that today. Romans chapter 10 and verse 14. We continue in our uh, series of Not Just Another Nation. So we're looking at uh, these uh, chapters in Romans, and we're glad that you're here today. This now... As we read God's Word, Romans chapter 10, beginning with verse 14, says this, How then will they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in Him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the Word of Christ. But I ask, have they not heard? Indeed they have, for their voice has gone out to all the earth, and their words to the ends of the earth. But I ask that Israel not understand. First Moses said, I will make you jealous of those who are not a nation. What a fool, with a foolish nation, I will make you angry. Then Isaiah is so bold as to say, I have been found by those who did not seek me. I have shown myself to those who did not ask of me. But of Israel, he says, all day long I have held out my hands to a disobedient and contrary people. May the Lord bless the reading of His Holy Word today. Sometimes you might wonder what actually goes on inside a pastor's home, or maybe you don't care either way, but uh, sometimes what we like to do is we like to put on the sacred music and maybe sit by the fireplace and we love to read the classics. And when our children were young, we read it out loud because we wanted our children, of course, to be cultured and well-rounded and sophisticated. We hope to do the same thing for our grandchildren. But I was thinking of uh, maybe a classic by one of the doctors. Maybe you've heard of this before. It goes something like this. Left foot, left foot, right foot, right, feet in the morning, feet at night, wet foot, dry foot, high foot, low foot. Front feet, back feet, red feet, black feet, 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 how many feet you meet, slow feet, quick feet, trick feet, sick feet. Up feet, down feet, here comes down, clown feet, small feet, big feet, here come pig feet. One of the classics. Listen, maybe perhaps uh, the doctor thought that he'd covered everything that could be said about feet, but he left out maybe the important part about the beautiful feet that share the good news of Jesus. As we read here just a moment ago, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Now many of you are involved in sharing good news. Some of you teach Sunday school classes on Sunday some of you share and lead in Bible study groups sometimes during the week. Maybe there's some of you that uh, are involved in uh, the ministry teams. You're involved in sharing or working with children or youth or adults or, or senior adults. And you are involved in reading and sharing the good news in your home. Or maybe you're seeking to share the truth with those whom you work with. Or maybe some, peop- some of your neighbors or co-workers or maybe even teammates. I don't know what your feet look like, but according to what we've just read in Romans chapter 10 and verse 15, your feet are beautiful because they have carried the good news to others. This passage comes at an appropriate time, I think, for our church as we 
are kind of coming to a conclusion of what has been our five-year vision plan for Parkway this year with an emphasis on being on mission here, there, and everywhere. We're going to continue to talk about who's your one. That is that we want you to have someone in mind in whom you're praying for who needs Jesus, someone that you can share with, someone that you can lead to uh, knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ so that they also might be able to have uh, life in Him. But this helps us to realize why we do what we do. We hope that by this time next year, we'll kind of have a new vision or a continuation of the vision the Lord will continue to give us because by this time next year, we want to be able to share with what we're going to do in the 20s, what we're going to do in the next decade. But we need to know why we do what we do and that which is most important as we serve the Lord. We're interested in impacting our world and making a change for the Lord Jesus Christ. If we want to really make a difference, and we saw, we sang just a moment ago about Jesus making a change, we'll pay attention to Romans chapter 10 and maybe particularly the passage that we have here. So we're going to find three elements that are basic to changing the world. Three elements that are basic to changing your world. Romans 10.13, we began 10.14 a moment ago, but Romans 10.13, we looked at last week and it talked about that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone that calls on Him. But in order for the good news to be shared, God has appointed the messengers. One of the basic elements that are necessary for changing the world. Notice in your Bibles, verse 14 and following, you look at the order of God's plan for salvation to the world. It's told right here in these first few verses that we read, to be saved you must call upon Jesus. To call upon Jesus you must believe. To believe you must hear the word. In order to hear it, it must be preached or to be proclaimed. And to be preached, someone must be sent. Now for the sake of clear understanding, look at the opposite order. If God did not send the messengers... The messengers did not proclaim the word. If messengers did not proclaim the word, the word would not be heard. If the word was not heard, it could not be believed. If the word was not believed, no one would call upon Jesus. And if no one or one does not call upon Jesus, there is no salvation. So it says something of the importance of being among God's messengers. Now I've got to tell you, I've always had to fight uh, for the balance of never taking myself too seriously but always taking the message of the gospel very serious. And sometimes I kind of get it out of order, and sometimes I take myself too seriously while forgetting the reason of my calling. The temptation might be to promote the importance of the preacher, but we know, at least around here, that would be a hard sell to make. But also, the word that's translated preacher, and to promote the preacher, but the, it's the activity of proclaiming. Same word for preacher that could be used for the one who is also a herald or a proclaimer. So God sends ones who are heralds of the good news of which every one of us are called to do. The preaching that takes place here on Sunday morning, it is just a very small fraction of the kind of preaching, the kind of proclaiming that which needs to take place every day or every day throughout the week. And if you know the Lord Jesus, then you are called to be able to preach by your actions, by your attitudes, and by the words that you speak, proclaim to others. And if you're called today, if you're called, or if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus, you are a called to be a messenger in some shape or form. Now, before we get to specifics, let's talk about the reason of our calling, or maybe the motivation. You have something there in your notes, and just kind of got a list here, or motivation, or a reason for our calling, according to Warren Wiersbe, a theologian. 
not Dr. Seuss, but Warren Wiersbe this time. Number one, it says, we have a command from above. We have a command from above. Mark chapter 16 and verse 5 says, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. It is the Great Commission. It comes from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It comes from God above. We have a cry from beneath. The rich man in hell said to Lazarus in Lazarus chapter 16, in Luke chapter 16, Send Lazarus to my father's house, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them so that they also will not want to come to this place of torment. There is a cry from beneath, and there's also a call from without. Just like those in Macedonia in Acts chapter 16. Come over to Macedonia and help us. There are people that are ready today to hear the good news of the gospel. that need to know of God's love. They're wanting it. They're ready for it. And they need somebody to tell them. They need somebody to show them. But at the same time, as Romans chapter 10 and verse 20 tells us, there are those who've never called upon God. There are those who have never sought after God, yet they are headed for destruction without Jesus. So they also need the message as well. So we have a command from above. We have a cry from beneath. We have a call from without. Well, we also have a constraint from within. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 14 says, For the love of Christ constraineth me. Why should we go? What do we care? How could we possibly worry about people in this world, some of those whom we have never met if they know Jesus or not? It is because if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus, you've experienced firsthand the love of the Lord Jesus. And those who are knowing and growing in Christ, that love overflows and you want others to know as well. But God has a knack of turning things around. I mean, let's face it. Most feet are not the most attractive part of the body. I mean, if your feet are ugly, and I'm not saying that your feet are ugly, I could say that mine aren't, but God makes them beautiful. After all, in God's economy, it is the weak who become strong. It is the foolish who become wise. It's the poor who are made rich. Only the sinful are the ones who are made clean. And there's only one way these feet are to become beautiful. And that is if you're involved in sharing the good news and showing the love of Jesus to others. We've been, uh, we've been meeting and praying with a pastor who was pastor of a church that was destroyed on March 3rd when the tornadoes came and, uh, and hit Beauregard. As a matter of fact, according to some of our county commissioner, I think we have some pictures from the, some of these. These are taken the day out that afternoon after the storm. According to the county commissioner, this was the very first structure that was hit uh, on that day and completely destroyed a small African-American church, about 25 families, about 60 in attendance. They were there not long before the storm hit. Five minutes before the storm hit, the last person locked the door, got in the car, and drove away. They had made their last payment for the property and the church on that, uh, on that week, and they, are, and they also did not have insurance. So we've been praying with them and talking about uh, how we might come up with a plan uh, to be able to help them to be able to re rebuild. Most news has not been good. Uh, Salt, maybe some kind of grant that may would come to be able to help that, uh, not been, that, that has not come. They've not been approved as any kind of loan as of yet. Uh, the last picture was just an empty lot, I think, perhaps, maybe that you saw. 
And uh, we have some in our church, though, who've been helping to draw some plans possibly for a new building. We have others who are going to help with materials and uh, even uh, uh, physically help build when the time comes. But most news has not been great because money and funds to be able to handle this has been uh, the big question. Several months, several weeks, even months ago now, I called Samaritan's Purse, who, of course, been involved in Lee County and helping individuals and even providing mobile homes for maybe some of those that lost theirs. Called to see if they would help, would do anything for a church. They said, well, you need, to, you need to put it in an email and send it to this email. I did that, waited several weeks, called, a couple of weeks anyway, called back and see if they'd receive my email. Apparently, I'd sent it to the wrong department or the wrong email. And then, uh, so I sent it to the right one. Several weeks had gone by. Monday, I received a call on my voicemail that simply said that they had received my email and they may, I might want to give them a call back. Well, finally, on this week, on Friday, I gave them a call back. And after a conversation, they said that uh, they would be able to provide a grant for a substantial amount to help get them back in the building. Now, the amount, the detail still to be worked out, and churches still need help beyond that. But I called the pastor Friday afternoon after I got off the conversation with the phone. And uh, it's a lady pastor, and, and when I talked to her, uh, after several conversations we've had on the phone, several times met with her and her husband and prayed with her and her husband, I could tell, and I told her that Samaritan's Purse is going to provide a substantial grant. I could tell her countenance had changed. All she could get out over the phone was praise Jesus. Listen, I want to tell you, probably even in her eyes, even my feet might have been beautiful on that particular day. Uh, recently, someone came to me, and they were telling me that they had been praying for someone, and they had prayed, and they had used Romans 10 to share the gospel with their Loved one, I don't know if it was a family member, but somebody they cared about, and they said that, that person had prayed to receive Jesus. They said, Pastor, I wanted to let you know, and I used Romans 10, because I knew that you would be preaching on Romans 10. How beautiful are the feet of those who share the good news. How important it is. It's more than being a believer to take the role of a messenger seriously. For your world to change and to change the world around you, it is necessary. Another basic element needed to change the world you need to know that these are not listed, by the way, in orders of importance. They are essential, but they're, these are listed in your notes, and as we talk about them today, in order of the least important to the most important. Because more important than the messenger is the message. It is the message. Romans 10, verse 17 says this, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message. This is the NIV. And the message is heard through the word about Christ. The message has the power to transform lives, to give salvation. It's not dependent on our clever way to give the message. We can sometimes fall into a trap when we come to looking too much of ourselves and forgetting that the message is most important. Do you remember, you remember when Jesus was carried out of the wilderness for 40 days after his baptism? And after those 40 days or sometime during that time, Satan came and tempted Jesus three times. And in one of those, he took him to the temple. And there they stood on the wall of the temple, the pinnacle of the temple. And Satan said to Jesus, said, if, if you are the Son of God, jump off this wall. The angels will be commanded to pick you up and to catch you so that no harm will come to you. And he was saying, everyone will be so impressed. And no, they will all follow you. You remember what Jesus said. He used the scripture. He says, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. He refused to jump, not because he couldn't and not because the angels wouldn't. 
But he refused to jump because he had nothing to prove and this was not the message he was to bring. Let's be careful that we understand the importance of the message because Satan can tempt you at the temple or even at the church to impress others with your good deeds and with your service. Show people what a great Christian you are. Or let us impress people with a great show or performance we can give. Max Licato once said or wrote, Satan loves to turn church assemblies into Las Vegas presentations where people show off their abilities rather than point to the message. You know, no matter who, how good we get at doing church or how even entertaining we feel like sometimes we need to be, there's always probably somebody going to do it better. So it must not be about the performance. It's got to be about something more. If we're going to continue to make an impact on the world, it will be because of the power of the message. The message, it convicts, it gives faith, it has the power to transform, but only to those who hear and respond. Here lies the problem. God's Word has power for all those who hear and respond. And while the world is able to hear the Word of God, they're not always listening or they're not always responding. Jesus often had to say, He who hath ears, let him hear. Isaiah said in Romans chapter 10 and verse 16 that we read, and I share in his frustration, Who is listening, God? Or who is believing your message? I will let you know we're relieved of some responsibility. That is, that we cannot make choices for others. We are to have a heart for those who are lost. We pray that the Lord will break our heart for the lost and dying world, but we cannot make that decision for them. Though not everyone who hears the gospel will receive, some will. So we continue to have the job as messengers so that we might be able to share the message because the message has power. But remember, God's calls the messengers to preach the word in many ways. That's his plan for spreading the message of salvation. But what good are the messengers who possess the message if they do not hear or they're not responding to the call of God? It was the problem with the nation of Israel that Paul was writing about in this very chapter. They possessed the message. They had heard the word of God, but they did not respond. Verse 18 that we read a moment ago, Paul's writing about Israel in the message that came to them and he asked, did they not hear? And he answers the question. He says, yes, they knew they were to be stewards of that sacred truth. Then in verse 19, did they not understand? Did they not understand the message? Well, if they did not, there would be others who did. The problem was that God's people were no longer listening, so they missed the call of God to spread His word to all people. Now, so we know that there will be some who will not listen, but who do not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. But here we are as believers, we need to be sure that we're listening so that we might be able to respond to the message of God and the call of God. Because if you and I are not, as the church, we're not responding to the call of God, how will they be able to hear? How how is God asking you to share the message? Because if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus, He's asking you to share the message, to show His love. The nation of Israel is often highlighted in the New Testament, mostly so that we can learn from their mistakes. And today, the the church possesses the truth. To not share it, to not live it, is a tragedy, and it is a sin. We're reminded of what James said when he said in James 4, in verse 17, he says, To him who knows to do good, and does it not, to him it is sin. So, 
There's not one of you here today, if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, who's not called and gifted to do something that proclaims the message that we've been given. There are many who hear the call, but who are not listening or who will not respond. Some do not hear the call of God, because, not because God's not giving the call, but because they're too far away. So if you find yourself today and you're far away from where the place where you know God would have you, it may be that you're not hearing God's call or how to share the message or where to share the message because you need to come closer. Find your place which God has suited you. Many of you are already there. You may not even know it. But God has placed you in that home. He's placed you in that business. He's placed you in that neighborhood. Placed you in this church. Placed you wherever you are so that you might be the one who is ready to proclaim the good news. Now, Seek ways to proclaim the message where you are. Let's talk a little bit about that message. What is the message? Of course, we know it is Jesus and what He did for us. It has to do with sharing our faith. You know it, but let me give you a tool maybe that will help you, maybe one that you have used before, and I've even shared it before. Probably has been a little bit of, a little while ago, but verse 17 says, Faith comes by hearing. So we're going to use the letters of faith, F-A-I-T-H. And if you're filling up out notes, you may want to be able to write the words that go along maybe with each letter. And then you can even write down maybe the text or the verses that go along with it. F stands for forgiveness. You cannot have eternal life in heaven without God's forgiveness. Ephesians 1.7 says this, In Him, meaning Jesus, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sin. A stands for available. Forgiveness is available for all. It's available to everyone. John 3.16, of course, says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. But He's also for the fact that it's not automatic. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. So while it's available, it's not automatic. Why is that? Because of the eye. Because it's impossible. Eyes for impossible. It's impossible for God to allow sin into heaven. John 3.16 already told us that God is love, but God is also holy and just. James 2.13 says, For judgment is without mercy. And we know that all people are sinful. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So here's a question. How can a sinful person enter heaven where God allows no sin? Which leads us to the T for turn. If you were driving down the road and someone were to ask you to turn, what would they be asking you to do? They'd be asking you to change directions, go a different way. We know the word repent, which means to go in one direction and go into another direction. So everyone who comes to Jesus must make a turn. There must be a shift. There must be a change. We turn from sin and self and turn to someone and trust Christ alone. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 3 and 4 says, Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture and He was buried he rose again the third day according to the Scripture. Then Romans 10, 9 says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So you turn by placing your faith in the Lord Jesus, trusting in Him, and then confessing that we have a need for the Lord Jesus and asking Him to be our Savior and Lord. And then H is for heaven. And heaven is eternal life. H is also for the here. Jesus said, I've Come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly in John 10.10. So salvation is about participation with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and have a relation with Him right now in the here 
but also in the hereafter. John 14, 3 says, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. So as a believer in the Lord Jesus, here's a tool that might help you. There, it's the same message. It could be told in many ways. And while it's not on your screen, we've been working our way through Romans this year, kind of on and off. So we know that you could use what's called the Roman road and just go through these verses, which we'll tell you, write them down if you'd like, but it's Romans 3.23. Romans 6.23, Romans 5.8, Romans 10.9 and 10, and Romans 13. Romans 3.23, Romans 6.23, Romans 5.8, Romans 10.9 and 10, and Romans 13. But sitting down with these verses, simply explaining that which you know is the truth and how someone can come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. But maybe you're here today. God is knocking on your heart's door and using this very message that we have shared to let you know you need to ask Jesus into your life. How do you know if you need to ask Jesus into your life? Well, there's a crossing over. You could be in church all of your life, but if you have never crossed over, put your faith in the Lord Jesus, then you need to ask Christ to come in even today. If you don't know that you have a home in heaven, you're not sure that you have Jesus in your heart today, well, I can't talk to you about the past. I can't tell you about yesterday, but I can tell you about today. That if you call upon Him to be your Savior and Lord, Jesus will come into your heart. Jesus will have a home for you in heaven. So I want you to be prepared if that's true, that this very hour be ready because the Lord wants you to respond. We've talked about two of the basic elements necessary to change the world. We've discovered the Message is more important than the messenger, though both are important. What could be more important than the message? It's the Messiah. The one that we've sang about today. The most important element in changing your world is Jesus. He is the author and perfecter of our faith. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the bright morning star. He's the cornerstone. He's the door of our salvation. He is El Shaddai. He's friend of tax collectors and sinners. He's the great I Am. He's Jesus, Lord and Savior, King of kings, Lamb of, Lamb of lambs. He's the Messiah, the Nazarene, the only begotten Son, Prince of Peace, Rock and Ruler of the Ages, Son of God, the Truth the way and the vine, just to name a few. He helps us and taps on our shoulder and calls us as His messengers to share His message through open doors. To be at a certain place at a certain time of His choosing. All the while, He knows that person who is hurting. He knows that person who needs to know the love of God that is in need, ready to hear the message of love. Understand, why? while God is calling you, if He's knocking on your door and He's asking, you know, maybe I need to be a better witness over here. Maybe I need to show more love when I'm at work. Maybe I need to do this in my neighborhood. Maybe I need to do this at the ballpark. If God is doing that to you at the very same moment, and in the very same season, He's knocking on somebody's heart's door. He's preparing a fertile field for someone who needs to know Jesus or someone who needs God's love at that very same time. Now, these are to be at work. The messenger and the message and the Messiah. Now, the Messiah, who is Jesus, he's done his job. He's doing his job working in our lives. The message is true and the same for all time and for everyone. So if the world's not changing, 
If you don't see God's purpose in whatever's happening, whatever circumstances, whatever's changing, in, whatever's happening in your life, which of these three essential elements may not be in play or functioning properly? I'll give you a hint. It's not the Messiah. It's not the message. If something's not happening, if change is not occurring within you, if you don't see the world changing purpose and things that are happening, it may be that we've got to work on the ones who are the messengers, that you and me. Verse 20 that we read a moment ago says, I've been found by those who did not see me. I've shown myself to those who did not ask for me. Isaiah was bold. Paul says he was bold, fearless when speaking the word of God. But look at the result. It really wasn't great. Verse 21 tells the result of Israel when they did not become the messengers that God intended. But regarding Israel, Romans 10, 21 says, God said, all day long I opened my arms to them, but they were disobedient and rebellious. Church, can I tell you, this is not what we want to be. Instead, we want to be, want to be obedient and responsive to God's call. You ever been in a hospital waiting room and maybe there's a loved one that is having a procedure or test that's being done and you've been waiting maybe for a little bit of results and maybe one of the volunteers comes out and says, the doctor's going to be with you shortly. And you wait a few minutes, maybe what seems like a few lifetimes, wondering what's going to take place or what's going to, what's going to happen. Then finally the doctor comes around the corner and he says something like this, perhaps, maybe not always, but he says, I've got good news, everything's going to be okay. You're glad to hear from someone who knows. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news from someone who knows. In our case, in the case of the Lord Jesus, everything's going to be okay because we have Jesus. Lots of indicators in life that talk about our commitment. You might remember that Jesus said, uh, that which flows out of the mouth comes from the heart. One indicator of what we speak, what we say, indicator of what's in the heart. If you want to know something about a deacon's or a minister's uh, commitment, you'd say, so the Bible tells us to look at their character and look at their home life or even family life. If you want to, really want to find out what a person is committed to, just look at what they treasure the most or take a look at their checkbook or their banking account. Well, today we're confronted with where do we find our feet? Are they busy on their way to share the good news? Are they busy or are feet moving so that they might be able to share places where they can share God's love? And we go to the church or even to work or to school or to even to the ball field, where we find ourselves, is it with the purpose of proclaiming the good news of God's love and the gospel of peace? 2 Corinthians talks about we're ambassadors for Christ. Notice 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 20 and 21. It says, there We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making His appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made Him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. So if you're here today and you don't know Jesus... We're here today for you. Yes, we're here to worship our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, but one way we worship is by sharing the good news of God's love and by sharing with others who need to know. So today He's stretching out His hand to you. Will you come? 
And if you're here today and you do know Jesus, will you consider being one of the messengers to share the message as you're sent by the Messiah even today? So come today. We're going to have our song of response here in a few moments and we ask you to come either receiving Christ as your Lord and Savior or decide before the service is done that you will be His messenger. It may be that you want to pray about that commitment of being a better messenger, of being God's messenger, or maybe for the very first time saying, oh, this is what life with Jesus is about. Be His messenger. Our altar will be open. You come pray with one of us. It may be that you want to spend some time praying, committing, even today. Let's bow together for prayer. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we come, even at this time, Father, committing ourselves to You. Thank You for our Messiah who has come to give life and eternal life. We thank you for the message that's been shared with us. We thank you for many in our church, Father, who share that message on a daily basis. We pray, Father, that we might be the messengers that you've called us to be. And we pray, Father, that if there's one here that does not know you as Lord and Savior, that today might be the day of salvation, that they call upon you. We thank you, Father, for open doors. Help us to walk through while we have opportunity. Open doors to share and open doors to salvation. In Christ's name we lift these prayers. Amen.